quick, uh, quick question here. How goes the challenge? Are you after it? I'm after it. I've not broke the chain. Nice. Me too. And I've been doing different things. I played with my nieces at a distance. We ran around and giggled. That was fun. We did all, I've, we've done some biking, some walking. I've done some hallway workouts. It's so fun. I love it. And nice. it's pretty, co pretty cool to see people in the Facebook group getting after it too. Yeah. Uh, I saw that because I, I, I went into the Facebook group once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it that you're dipping a toe in. Yeah. Just a toe. Just a toe. The big love one it. though. Oh, I love it making it count. Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about being a better human through good habits, challenging yourself, learning from a wide range of experts, and celebrating all of the little wins along the way. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada, and with me is my disciplined accountability partner, Jenny. That's me, Jenny Kaus, a marketing professional from St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm a small town gal and a big believer in the power of habits. We know from research and from our year of monthly habit challenges, how our daily choices impact and ultimately create our lives. So we're getting intentional about our habits and we hope to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall, your own best self. On today's episode, we are going to share a conversation that I had with our friend Tommy Caldwell earlier this week. Uh, Tommy works with people teaching discipline, behavior change, and fitness philosophy to help them live their best life possible. Tommy is the founder of Hybrid Fitness in London, Ontario, as well as the author of Metflex RX Diet and his best-selling book, Heavy Brain. Tommy works as a health and fitness-based behavioral change coach who provides cognitive behavioral therapy practices and strategies in, to his in-person and online clients. He's also running an online coaching platform at fitnessmentor.co, as well as a free online fitness community at fitnessmentor.mn.co. I hope that you'll enjoy this conversation between Tommy and Peggy. I know I'll be listening in. Hi, Tommy. Welcome back to The Improvement Project. Thanks for having me back, Peggy. Oh, I'm so excited you're here. For those who are listening, Tommy was first on the podcast way back in October of 2018 in episode number 17, where we discussed his best-selling book, Heavy Brain, which of course is a fantastic book that will give you amazing insight into how your mindset has an effect on your health. And I'll, of course, link to that in the show notes. And Tommy, you are everywhere online and I'm loving it. Thank you. <laughs> um, if you are listening, one of the places you can find Tommy is tommycaldwell.net. And I will link to all of his socials when we get to the end of this episode as well. All right. Um, Jenny, my co-host and I talked in a recent episode about how the lockdown has taken people out of their regular habits and routines. And for many people, it means that they're struggling and they've fallen into what Jenny and I are calling the pandemic loophole or the COVID loophole. And what I mean by this is, I don't need to exercise, it's a global pandemic. I can drink all the booze, it's a global pandemic. I can eat all the things, it's a global pandemic. I can watch 12 hours a day of Netflix because it's a global pandemic. So I was actually falling into this loophole a little bit with some of my habits. And so Jenny and I gave ourselves a gentle and loving little kick in the pants 
to get back after a habit that we know is so important to our physical, mental, psychological well-being, and that is movement or exercise. So for June, we've challenged ourselves and our listeners to get moving every day for 20 to 30 minutes. And this can look like walking outside, riding a bike, playing with the kids, doing some gardening, doing yoga from a video, or sometimes even more intense um, exercise that is, um, I guess, more regimented. But even just starting with those gentle things is sort of where we're nudging our listeners and ourselves just to kind of get back on track. So Tommy, you shine when you're helping people to dig into their habits and behaviors to take control of their health, especially around challenges with eating and exercise. And when I listen to you, I'm always inspired to ask the question behind the question or the behavior that's being discussed. So I definitely want to dig into some of that, but I want to start with this. What have you seen in your communities when it comes to habits around health and wellness or exercise and movement in particular through this quarantine or lockdown time? Yeah, so the, the first thing I'd say is that I don't think people are falling into all of these negative had, uh, habits and patterns because they can justify it or they can allow it. Um, that might be something that, they, that, a, that the average person does, you know, using justifications and rationalizations to, to not beat themselves up over the thing that's happening that they have no control over. But I think it's more, most people who, you know, your average nine to fiver, who they're at work from 8am till five, I'm assuming they have something to do that they need to do while they're there. It's usually pretty easy for people to form healthy habits, or at least avoid their most unhealthy habits when they're routine and productive. And you see from Friday afternoon till Sunday night, that's when most people struggle. And it's because people have all this time and space to get caught up in their most unhealthy behaviors, right? So while you're very regimented and you're productive and your mind is occupied, it leaves a lot less room for stress, for emotional turmoil, for boredom, purposelessness, all these things that we try and cure with food and technological distraction, which also lends itself to laziness. So now it's just weekend all the time. Right. And it's, it's that people have so much time and space that they don't know what to do with themselves. And you can look at something that's as serious as, you know, the depression spectrum that people find themselves in because they're not occupied with all these other distractions or something as simple as boredom, where I, I don't like just being with myself and I have to have something to do. Right. An idle mind is something that's very uncomfortable for the average human being, which is why most people don't do things like meditate because who wants right. to sit around doing nothing and not thinking about anything, right? So I think this is where people are at right now. It's just every day is the weekend. Every day is unlimited time and space. And then combining that with people are going to be stressed out in general and people are going to have financial stress. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world, which is all anxiety is, right? Anxiety is just uncertainty or creating uh, creating a, a false narrative in your mind of all these bad things that are going to happen because it's unclear and you have the ability to do that. So that's where I think people are at right now and why it's so difficult for people to control their habits and behaviors. And this is what I see in, in the people that, that we work with is they cannot find the motivation to exercise. Um, and it's very defeating when you're constantly turning to food all day long. 
you know you're eating more than you should be. You know you're you're drinking more than you should be. You're drinking earlier than you should be. You're waking, you're going to bed later, so you're waking up later. All these things are falling apart, which is what pushes someone into is swearing aloud on your podcast. We prefer not to swear, but, but I can I will put... say I will say it, into the effort scenario. Sure. Right? Where someone just says like it's not worth it. It's not worth having expectations of taking care of yourself and being healthy and doing all these things when you feel like there's so much that's out of your control. So the, uh, you know, circling back to when you say, you know, I, I'm allowed to do these things. It's a pandemic. You know, yeah. then, then now's the time. What else am I going to do? Really? I think that's just a way for someone to soften the blow of I've completely lost control. Uh, so this is what my life is going to be. And, that this is just what's going to be embraced because that's easier both in action and psychologically it's easier than saying I've got a problem right now and this I was, problem and these problems are getting worse and I don't know what to do with it, about it and I I don't believe that I have enough self-control to make a difference right now I was listening to a podcast that you recently did and you said this and it struck me and I think it's relevant here. The day-to-day -day stuff that people struggle with is now turned up to 10 during the lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there's just no, there's no escape anymore. Right. So um, like work is escape. Productivity is escape. Going to school is an escape. All these things can be a very helpful escape and a very helpful distraction. Right. There's escapes and distractions that are just purely negative. Then there's escapes and distractions that are, are keeping your mind off of something that you might suffer from in one way, but there's an element of productivity to it, right? Like you go to work, it can be an escape, but you're making money and you're getting things done and you're contributing to something. So it's a net positive. But now we just have a bunch of net negative escapes where it's TV and it's alcohol and it's too much food and whatever it is, which is, you know, before we started recording, I was talking about you know, the, the, the social media storm, or I guess we talked about it a little bit at the beginning. I think this is why so many people are just spending so much time arguing about things on Facebook. And it's just this constant polarizing battle that's getting worse and worse and worse because now people are on social media all day long. And what do you do when you're on social media? You voice your opinion. And then when you see people who have a different opinion, you fight with them about it. Um, and these are all just, you know, this is the culmination of, of the global situation right now. Um, and we see it everywhere and, and there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of good stuff that's coming out of it right now. So I think it's fair to say that that's the bad news. So, <laughs> so our listeners are people who are motivated to be happier, be healthier, be more productive. So what's your best advice for those people who are at home in the lockdown and they want to get their habits, their exercise and their health back on track. They need to bring some structure back into their lives. What would you advise them? Yeah. So a few things. Number one is, is you have to manage your mindset. And to me right now, that's managing your expectations where, you know, you're not going to be able to, like, if you're at home with your kids, you're not just going to be able to structure a regimented schedule of activity, or you're not going to be able to do the same activities the same way you normally would if you're at work and you can just go out during your lunch hour and be completely alone. Maybe the way you see your fitness right now, both things that you do and 
what your body gets out of it might have to be a little bit different. So managing your expectations and understanding things aren't going to be perfect right now. My diet's not going to be perfect. My, you know, the type of activity I do, how often I do it, the time of day that I do it is not always going to be the same and not always going to be perfect. Just understanding that whatever you can do right now is good. Whatever you can do right now is a positive and you need to be able to psychologically reward yourself just for making an effort every single day. Sometimes that's going to be 15 to 20 minutes. Sometimes maybe you can dedicate an hour. It's not always going to be the most intense exercise. It's not always going to be the most psychologically rewarding exercise where you grind yourself into the ground and you feel like you had nothing left to give. And that feels good to you, right? Depending on the type of person you are. So manage your expectations and understand that, hey, whatever I can do every day right now is great. And when there's a little bit more freedom and things go back to quote unquote normal, then I can worry about more serious health goals and a more serious structure. But if you have these expectations, which most people have, which are all or nothing, right? I'm in or I'm out. <laughs> Either I do everything the exact way it's supposed to be done and get exactly what I want out of my body and I get these results or what's the point? You have to get away from that. On the best day, that's not a helpful attitude because no one's, no one's life is so orderly that that's going to hold up all the time. There's going to be bumps in the road. And this is a big reason why people fail in their fitness goals in general is as soon as they face a barrier, as soon as they hit a bump in the road, it's easier just to quit than it is to just keep persisting and moving forward just because people are so black and white. Like as soon as if someone has a weight loss goal, and let's say they want to lose 50 pounds and they lose, <clears throat> they lose five pounds, they've lost 10 pounds, then it's only one pound in a couple of weeks, then it's half a pound. And then the scale goes up three pounds. That can be so psychologically damaging to a person and they can feel so defeated that it's easier just to not have expectations for weight loss. You just go back to doing what they were doing before because to face themselves every time that scale goes up can be so traumatic that it's easier just to not try. And that is an issue of expectations. So right now is certainly not the time to have expectations. I think expectations in general, especially results-based, are a big reason why people struggle. So right now, where so much is out of your control, your expectation should just be, where can I find some time and space to do something for myself? And what does that look like? And I'll do that each day. That's so awesome. that. And so that would be the first thing. And then the second thing is understanding that uh, motivation is not a thing, right? Uh, willpower is not a thing. I mean, they are, but they're not reliable sources of change. I'm so glad you're talking about this. I was going to ask you about it because I just reread The Subtle Art of Not Giving Enough. And Mark Manson in that book talks about the fact that action isn't just the effective motivation. It's also the cause of it. And he said, some people only commit to doing something if they have this emotional inspiration that they call motivation. And then most people don't ever get it. So then they're not ever going to do anything. So they just got to do something and then the motivation will come. So I, I know that you have some more to say on this. So I'm just going to let you go. Yeah. So the discipline is what people should be after, right? And discipline is just knowing yourself, knowing your pitfalls, and then proactively setting yourself up to be able to get around those pitfalls and succeed. So like some people might think, okay, well, I'm at home and I have young kids. They're usually not waking up until eight or eight 30. 
So I'm going to get up at six and I'm going to get up at six and I'm going to work out, which is a nice thought. But in, in reality, it might not be very practical because you wake up at six, you look at your phone and then you realize, oh, it's six, I'm tired and I want to stay in my bed. And that's what a lot of people will do. Or if you manage to get out of your bed, you're starting slow, you're you know meandering around the house, you, you make your coffee, you're sitting there drinking your coffee. And by the time you actually get yourself to a place where you would start to exercise, your kids are up and there's your out. Oh, well, too late. All right, where if you know, I want to work out in the morning, but I also know that I'm not going to do it if I just leave myself to, you know, the night before you think about doing it and it's all positive. And yeah, of course it's going to work. But then the next day, consistently, that falls apart. Well, now it's time to strategize around this and create some discipline, which is as simple as like, have your workout clothes out. Have them out, your shorts, your shoes, your shirt, have them in a place where they cannot be avoided. So outside your bedroom door, between, you know, if you have an ensuite between your bedroom and your bathroom. So when your morning starts, you have to literally walk over your clothes and ignore them right? Which, which forces you to remember, oh yes, this is the thing I'm supposed to be doing right now. And you have to remove barriers. So like even something like getting your water bottle and filling it up and getting your music organized and doing all these things, these are all deterrents to actually accomplishing something when it comes time to actually do the thing. So you have to have your music downstairs set up the night before. You have to have your water bottle filled and in the fridge. Anything Every box that you have to tick in the moment that has not been accomplished is just a reason not to do it. And we're, we keep score of these things. So know yourself, know, like, know what your goal is versus what the actual practicality of that goal is. And then in advance, set yourself up for success the best way you can by removing those barriers. And those are the two things, right? Manage your expectations and then find a way to become disciplined rather than focusing on something like motivation. Like when I think about motivation, to me, it's reminiscent of follow your passion, right? And when people find a career, it should be something that they're passionate about. Well, what you actually find most of the time is people get good at something and then they become passionate about that thing that they're great at. Right. And this is the same type of thing. Like right. it, you don't get motivation. Like I always talk about weight loss just because it's something that people can understand very well. And in a world where, you know, in North America, the obesity rate is sitting around 50% and the overweight population is pushing up to 80%. That's a lot of people where weight loss is something that can help them. So I don't mean to harp on weight loss. It's just an, an easy thing to use, but when you're talking about something like weight loss, it's not like I need to be motivated to lose weight. No, what you need to do is be disciplined enough to set yourself up to be in a position to lose weight. And once the weight starts to come off and you realize that you can do it, and when you put A and B together, C happens, then you get motivated, right? Then it's the motivation of, oh, this is, you know, this is basically an equation that requires me to do things consistently. And when that happens, I get the result. That's the motivating factor. If you're looking for the motivation to come first, especially at a time like this, it's just not gonna be there. And it's fleeting and it's finite and it's rare. I mean, what are you gonna do? You're gonna wake up and watch a David Goggins video every morning and <laughs> screaming and yelling at you about how weak you are if you don't do this thing. 
It's just know yourself, know where your downfalls are, know the promises that you, you try to keep constantly break. And then you have to create a strategy around, well, how can I remove as many barriers as possible rather than trying to constantly work against your human nature? And we always forget, like, you can miss a morning workout 50 days in a row, but still think things will be different on the 51st day without doing anything differently or preparing in any other way. So know yourself, be disciplined and create a strategy to keep like, that's what discipline is. It's not some innate thing where there's a disciplined person. No, it's a person who realized, oh, I constantly tell myself this lie. If I want this to be something that I do, what can I do to remove the barriers and to strategize and to put myself in the best position to succeed? And most, most people don't do that. They just say tomorrow will be different, but then they don't do anything differently to prepare themselves to actually act differently when tomorrow comes. Yeah, Jenny and I talk about this on the podcast and we, uh, the words we use are goals versus systems. So you can, as you said, 50 days in a row, have the goal of I'm going to wake up and exercise tomorrow. But if you don't have the system in place, which is what you described as the discipline to do all of those things, then you're not likely to do anything different. So I think that's really great. Yeah, um, it's an I, important concept. Um, I want to shift just slightly from what you were just talking about to something that will allow certain mindsets to think about it a little bit different. You on a podcast or a video recently, you uh, discussed or um, asked yourself the question and posed it to your listeners. Who do you want to be today? Can you speak to that and what you were talking about in that video? Yeah, so that's, you know, a personal strategy that I use that I find works for me. And I think any of these things... Uh, will work for some and not all. And you kind of have to play around with, with different strategies and figure out what clicks and works for you. But this is, again, the common theme between all these strategies is get off autopilot, get away from your mindless habitual routines, which isn't just the things that we do, but it's the habits of the mind as well. The processes that we constantly get stuck thinking in. It's how do you get off of there and make yourself think more rationally in the situation. And that's a strategy that works for me is who do you want to be today? If I know that, you know, I'm being a bad father, right? If I'm being mean to my kids and I'm getting frustrated and annoyed by them and, and it doesn't feel good, like I reflect on it and it makes me feel bad. Or if I feel like I'm not being a great husband or if I'm not being a good leader, if I'm not managing my people properly at work, whatever it might be. If I get a feeling that I'm not being what I want to be and who I want to be, it's not enough just to think you're not doing a good job or you should stop doing that or you need to start doing this. I think it's, for me anyways, it's better to frame it as who do you want to be tomorrow? Like if it's at the end of the day and you know I'm busy, I'm trying to get things done and I'm stuck at home with my kids and uh, maybe that's not the best way to, to frame it, but if this is what I'm thinking <laughs> while this is happening, right? Sure, stuck with yeah, my kids. I think that's common. Yeah, they're constantly interrupting me. I'm annoyed, I'm frustrated, I'm yelling at them, right? At the end of the day, when that doesn't feel good and I look back on that, like I'm being awful to my kids, I need to be a better father. Then I ask the question, well, what kind of father do you wanna to be tomorrow? right? Or if it's in the morning, like what father, what kind of father do you want to be today? Well, I want to be a patient father. Okay, well, what does patience look like? And what does it look like when you're not being patient? And you're just setting up these mental frameworks, right? When you when you create this actual mental picture of it's almost like what an athlete does with visual visualization before they perform, 
thinking through the things they want to accomplish and how they're going to be on game day. And, you know, just working through the models of what might happen and what they're going to do differently versus, you know, the mistake that they would make if they didn't actually think about what they should be doing in that situation. You can apply that to anything. And that's essentially what I'm doing there is, well, if I want to be a more patient father, what does patience look like? And more importantly, what does the opposite of patience look like? And how can I not be that? And you just, I'm basically creating my own hero, right? I'm creating my, my own hero and my, my own image of the father, the hero in that place so that I have something to live up to that day. And I have something to aspire to be. And I do that in all those places. Anytime I don't feel good about the type of person I'm being in relationship to other people, I don't just think about, okay, well, that was wrong. You should do this instead. It's actually think about picturing myself when I'm the person that I would be most proud to be. Um, and that's just a visualization exercise that really changes because every time I'm about to yell, I remember that person that I'm supposed to be that day. Um, and it's not like you're creating this, this false person where you're not being genuine and you're not being a genuine version of yourself. You're, you're literally creating the best possible version of yourself and then aspiring to be that on the day. So <clears throat> that's how I apply that. And, and those are just the places that I apply because those are the places where I find that I struggle or at least when I struggle, I feel it the most is as a, a father, a husband, and as, uh, and as a, a, a leader at work. So those relationship pieces that you're discussing are pretty high concept and that's an amazing way to apply that. Do you think it's also possible to apply that? Who do I want to be today to things like, what am I going to eat today? And what am I going to, how am I going to exercise today? Who do I want to be today when it comes to the decisions I have around my health and wellness? Sure. Because if, if you're not already doing those things, chances are, you know, when you, when you, let's say you want to clean up your diet and, and you know that, that you're 50, 60 pounds overweight, it's affecting your health in a negative way. It's only going to get worse in the coming years. Something has to be done about it. So you start to change the way you eat and start to be more conscious of the food you put into your body. Well, when Friday night comes around and the family orders pizza and you eat one or two slices and that turns into six slices and that turns into the entire pizza and you've eaten yourself till you're sick to your stomach, your reflection on yourself in that moment is going to be very poor. It's going to be very negative. You're going to say a lot of awful things to yourself about yourself. And it's in that moment where when you're feeling that pain in self-reflection, you have to say, it's not enough to go, well, I'm not doing that again. I'm not going to do that tomorrow, right? Because tomorrow comes and the same type of thing happens again. You say to yourself, well, what type of person do I want to be, right? And start to picture it. Like, what, how, how would it have been better to handle that situation? What would, what, would, uh, what would a really successful person in their diet do? Would they just, instead of having pizza, make something different for themselves? So the family can have pizza if they want it, but I'm going to have this. Or would they know going ahead, okay, well, three pieces of pizza is the max amount that I'm going to have. It's a reasonable amount. It'll be satisfying. <clears throat> and then, <clears throat> excuse me, any more of that is going to be uh, a big problem for me. Just those sorts of visualiza uh, visualizations of what type of person do I want to be? What does the healthy person look like? If I was the healthiest person uh, version of myself, how would they handle that situation? And when you picture those things and when you visualize them, you actually 
work through the tools and strategies that are required in order to make progress in those areas. So I think it's applicable to anything in any place where you feel like you need to improve as a person. Um, it reminds me when you're talking about the pizza example that um, one of our online pretend best friends is James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits. Right. And he says that the effects of your good habits are in the present and the effects of your bad habits are in the future. Yeah, and that's why it's so difficult to, that's why it's so easy to form a poor habit. Yeah. And so difficult to form a good habit um, because the reward of the good habit comes far down the line where the reward of the bad habit is immediate. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's hard like people are present bias. So, you know, anything that's stimulating, rewarding in the moment is going to take a lot to overcome for the long-term reward. Right. So even though people want to be healthy more than anything else in the world, when there's a piece of chocolate cake in front of you, you're going to find out every excuse under, you're going to make up every excuse as to why it's okay to eat that right now, even though it moves you away from your long-term goal. Well, right? I think that that's why it's so cool to use that strategy. Who do you want to be today? Because instead of looking at the chocolate cake and being like, that'd be delicious. You're thinking about something that's higher concept and actually is going to make you a better person overall. Ultimately, maybe. Although, the chocolate cake still might be delicious. Yeah, as long as it's not <laughs> your nightly routine, right? Things that come up on occasion are never the problem. Right. Um, it's the things that come up all the time that we struggle to deal with in a healthy way. They keep finding their way in. And we wish we could stop, but for some reason it keeps pulling us in and we can't kick this habit. Those are the things that are the problem. And they're also the thing that people ignore the most because they know it's complex and they know that it's difficult. So... They put all their eggs into other baskets, right? Whether it's, you know, they only think about their three meals per day and what goes into that, or they only think about the amount of exercise that they do. And of course, all those things are helpful. But if you don't address the, your most unhealthy behaviors that come up almost in like a pathological sense, then you're never going to reach the maximum benefits of those efforts you're putting into other places. So like things that people struggle with, like overeating, late night snacking, constant grazing and snacking throughout the day, which is the big one now for people because they have so much, so much time and space. And the refrigerator is close by. Yeah. Technological yeah. distraction, alcohol consumption, all these things that are always there for somebody and they can, they can avoid it for a day, but it just builds and builds and builds and builds and they turn to that thing. Those are the complex problems that people need to solve. And now is the most difficult time to solve those problems because the motivations for that sort of destructive food behavior, um, they're, they're at an all-time high right now. Well, like as you, you said, when we started talking, it's the weekend all the time. Yeah, like if you, if you eat in a consequential way at night because that's when you really feel the stress and anxiety that's motivated by whatever it is that's going on in your life. Well, now that's going to be at an all time high. And now you're just, you know, you're, you're pushed further into eating that away and eating that away and eating that away. Because when you're eating, you're not, you're not suffering. At least you're not suffering in the same way. When you're eating, you're not thinking, you're not feeling right. You're eating, which is why food is such a tricky thing for the average person because it's, can help you escape it can help you stimulate it can numb you it's all these things it's a powerful form of self-medication 
And there's a lot of things going on right now that people require self-medication for. And when that's so strong and you're constantly pushed deeper and deeper into those negative food habits, this is why we can feel so defeated in so many other places. And right? we just don't want to bother anywhere else, right? Because we're so, we're so negative on ourselves because of this thing we keep doing. And why do I keep doing this? And I want to stop eating this way. And I want to change and I want this to be different. And we don't believe that we can do it. Then what's the point of going for a run at 6 a.m.? Like, what's the motivation to do that when you when you beating yourself up over this other thing that you're doing? So that's why it's a, such a tough time for people is our emotional turmoil is at an all-time high, either by the direct effects of these things that are happening to you, concerned about loved ones, isolated from people who are important to you, not having a job, having all this uncertainty in your life. There's that. And then there's just your environment you're surrounded by the medications that you're most addicted to and they're there all the time there's no escape from them the fridge the cupboard the television <laughs> the wine cellar they're there and they're always they're always within arm's reach and then for most people it's probably all these things combined so it's a tough it's a tough place it to is be. a tough time um one of the things you mentioned was environment and i think the way that you and i as professionals in this space can help people is to provide environments, whether that is through their ears in a podcast or um, through groups online, so that they can like find some accountability and some support to help them through these things. So um, I know that that's something that you offer definitely through your online world and in the before times in, you know, in person as well. Um, hopefully we'll get back there. Um, Specific to our June challenge, which is about moving your body, is there something that you want to pass on to our listeners who are taking part in that moving their body 20 minutes a day, just to kind of give them a bit of encouragement or a bit of, you know, you're on the right track or here are the things that they should be focusing on specifically around the exercise or the movement challenge? Yeah, I'll start with this and then you can, uh, you can ask me any questions where you'd like me to uh, expand. But if you can commit to exercising for five minutes, even less than that, two to five minutes. If after that five minutes, you are still not motivated to continue to exercise, then you probably just shouldn't be exercising that day. But what most people will find is that if they commit to just five minutes of anything, walking, riding a bike, whatever it might be, then it'll just build and build and build and build and build into more meaningful exercise. And you'll be into it and then you're going to get what you need out of there. But most people have this idea of what their workout's going to be. It's my 60 minute, this, that, or the other of this intensity with these things. And when that's what they picture in their mind in the moment, there's a big barrier because you're thinking like, I'm definitely not up for that right now. So today's not the day. And that's the end of your exercise. When realistically, that's only how you feel right now when you're 100% sedentary, thinking about the brick wall of the intense exercise that you're supposed to be doing. Where if you just say to yourself, okay, well, I'm just going to do five minutes of something. I'm going to walk. I'm going to jog. I'm going to ride the bike. I'm going to skip. I'm going to, whatever it is, whatever's most accessible to you and most convenient. And then after five minutes, if you feel like doing more, you do more. If after five minutes, you still don't feel like continuing, then it's probably not a day that, that you should exercise. And I use this for myself personally. And if I had to guess, I'd say out of the 20 times that I say to myself, just do five minutes. There's one to two times where after five minutes, I still don't feel up for it and I will stop. I won't 
force the workout, if I still don't feel like I'm there, then I probably need to actually not exercise that day. But more often than not, it's just that mental barrier of this big, it's, it's almost like when your room's a mess, you just have to start by picking up one sock or one t-shirt. And like, as things start to happen, you realize, oh, this isn't the job that I made it out to be in my mind. And I can clean this room up, no problem. It's the same thing with exercise, right? When you think about this giant, intense workout that you're supposed to be doing, you're, it's too daunting to even begin. But if you just break that into five minutes of something, see what it turns into. If you do that and can commit to that, you are going to exercise, you are going to commit to exercise much, much more than you would otherwise. So when it comes to like the routine of exercise, you don't commit to a daily 60 to 90 minute workout. You commit to daily two to five minutes of, I'm committing to just starting. And once I start, if I wanna stop, I have the option to do so. I'm not gonna beat myself up over it, but let's see where it goes. So that's how I would ask people to frame that because that's really the hump and the hurdle that people need to get over. Oh, it's like a way lower barrier to entry. I love it. I feel like everybody can do something for two to five minutes. Fantastic yeah. advice. And whatever's there, right? It should always be the thing that's easiest for you to do, which is kind of, you know, circling back to when we were talking about uh, what, what barriers do you need to remove to do your morning workout? right? The more things you have to do to get started, you're, you have that in your mind. Well, yeah, I'm wake, I've woke up at 6am, but there's 14 things I need to do to get organized to work out. You're not doing it. So the same thing goes here. It's like, do you have a pair of running shoes? Put them on your feet and go outside and start walking. See what it turns into. Right. If you're feeling crazy, jog. See what it turns into. If after jogging, you go by a hill and you see a hill and you want to do some sprints up it, go for it. Like this is the snowball that needs to roll, but it starts with like a pebble. You don't just try and bite off the whole thing in, in, in one initial bite. Awesome. Oh, I love it so much. That's great. And that will definitely be helpful for me and for our listeners, I'm sure as well. So um, I think that I have taken enough of your time. I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom and your advice as always. Um, you're doing all the things online, as I said, and you have a fantastic podcast, The Fitness Mentor. You have your website, which we mentioned. You've got videos on YouTube um, and you're very active on all the socials. So, um, and, and also, I know that you're also running an online coaching platform at fitnessmentor.co, as well as a free online fitness community at fitnessmentor.mn.co. I'll put those links in the show notes for you listeners. So if our listeners are interested in learning more about what you do, or they just want to say hi, is there a place where you want them to come and say hello to you? Or that seems like it's the best place to enter your world? Yeah, I'm pretty accessible. So um, it does take me a little while to get back to people. Uh, so if you send me something, you should probably give me five to seven days to get back to you. Um, but if people send me a message on Facebook, you can do so. Uh, people can email me, Tommy at hybridfitness.ca. That's fine with me. Um, and yeah, if you're just looking for resources, things like that, the website is probably the best place to find it. And the reason why I have that free uh, network that I started at fitnessmentor.mn.co is because if things continue to be as negative as they are on social media, as much as there's good stuff there, it's becoming more and more difficult to actually get to it. You have to almost like fight your way through the jungle of noise and chaos and people fighting and all the negativity to get to the good things. So I've created that because 
that might end up being the only place that you can find me as far as a social network. And that's just a place people can go. They can ask me questions. They can have conversations. You can see other people's profiles who are there. You can comment on each other's stuff. Uh, and there's about 2000 people that are on that network right now. So it's growing. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a member of that community. I think it's great. Yeah. I haven't done that much on it so far, but it, if I jump ship, that's probably going to be the place that I go. Okay. Well, for our listeners, I will put all of those links that Tommy just mentioned in the show notes. So go check those out there. And Tommy, thanks again for being here and for, uh, as always, sharing all of your wise words. Thank you for having me. And congratulations on your podcasting consistency. Oh, it's thank a, you. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a structure that has escaped me over time. That is for sure. <laughs> Well, you've got a whole bunch of other stuff on the go. So I'm sure whatever it is that's going to be your thing, you'll find it. Well, thank you. All right. Thanks again. And that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. Let us know what you thought about this conversation with Tommy Caldwell. Do you have any questions for us or for him? Also, do you want to join us for a movement challenge this June? We're partway through June, but it's still not too late. Send us an email or head over to the Facebook group and let us know that you are in. For questions or comments, send us an email to theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. You can come and say hi on the socials. Jenny is on Twitter at jakehouse, and I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag theimprovementproject. You'll find all of the resources and the links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. And if this episode was helpful at all for you, please be sure to tell a friend and share it with them. This is a way that we can be of service right now. And if you found it helpful, pass it on. We also have a Facebook group. So search for the Improvement Project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next time, stay focused and get after it. We're sending you as usual, big love. Sometimes people might be curious when they hear you talking about motivating others to exercise. What's your regular exercise program? Well, Especially right, during lockdown time. Yeah, right now it's, a, it's, uh, it's usually a combination of I have a, uh, a spin bike. So I'll start there. And that's like my thing that gets me going. It's You're two to five minutes. Yeah. Anybody can ride a bike. Doesn't matter how I'm feeling. I can get on that bike and I can turn the pedals. Uh, and then I'll do a little bit of uh, kickboxing technique on the heavy bag. So okay. just to like increase the intensity of my warm up a little bit. And then I'll do any sort of lifting. I don't pre-plan it. Um, there's no real structure to it. It's just whatever I feel like I'm up for that day. I'll do like 30 to 40 minutes of resistance training. And then I'll do uh, like heavy bag training again, but as hard as I can go. So it's and, usually something along those lines. Like, and every day, that's your, that's your routine every day? Yeah. And if, if, if it's a day where I just really don't feel up for it, I'll just do lots of walking. Okay. Uh, walking, walking with the kids, doing things like that. Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome.